Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Inside Access with Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. Your master's and bachelor's goals haven't changed and neither has Stevenson University's online commitment to you. Visit online.stevenson.edu. 105.7, The Fan. Orioles lose 5-1 to in eight innings last night. They're planning to play a baseball game tonight as the lineup just came out, the Orioles lineup. And uh, that means Baltimore baseball tonight for the final time. Live from Pickles, Bob Haney, and our next guest as we head out to the Ashley Furniture Guest Hotline. And we're joined by Mike Bordick, Oriole Hall of Famer, part of our Baltimore baseball tonight coverage. And, and Bordy, I was shocked they played last night. Those were some rough conditions. What's it like to play in those kind of? I know you're a you're a Maine guy or New England guy, oh. uh, it, so it, it gets cold up there. But that, that looked rough last night. Yeah, it doesn't matter, man. This is not baseball weather. You know, I've always kind of been a head scratcher to me that they can have you know the the playoffs in, in some of these cold weather climates. I, I, you're not. You're not going to see the best brand of baseball. It's it's nearly impossible. The leather freezes, your glove freezes up, so plays are, are you know ten times harder to make. Uh, the baseball's slick because your hands are are, are just dried out and and wet. Uh, it's just it's just a tough way to play the game. You really got to get dig deep and uh, have total concentration. And even with that, it, it's just tough a tough climate to play in. Well, Dean Kramer wrapped up his season last night, a 3-2-3 ERA, which no one could have expected after last year. How do you think he fits into the pitching staff next year? Well, I think he's got to have an opportunity to fight for a spot in the rotation. I mean, he certainly uh, earned it. Uh, he deserves that opportunity, I think, along with Bradish and, and uh, you know, some of the things they've done, some of the adjustments they've made has been really incredible and just uh, – a great testament to their professionalism. They obviously, you know, and it's a great learning experience too. And, and I think a lot of these guys in the minor leagues that are going to come up, uh, like a DL Hall that's going to have another opportunity next year, need to learn from Dean Kramer and, and Bradish because it isn't about how good your stuff is, you know, because these guys have wipeout stuff. It's how you execute. It's how you mix in your pitches. It's about your your mindset going into ball games. Are you, are you willing to take on the best hitters in the world and not be phased by it? To you know, go out there and compete on a nightly basis. And, and you know, I think Kramer's kind of proved that. He's he's proved that over and over again this year. Seems like last year he was just throwing stuff up there, hoping that his, his you know top stuff was going to work. Uh, you know, that great breaking ball, uh, a good fastball. Uh, the cutter that that obviously is, I think, his bread and butter pitch. But 
hitters were ready for it. So he had to make some major adjustments. He adjusted his repertoire. He throws his change up a lot more now, gives other hitters, you know, something to think about. So that's what the big league game is all about. It isn't about how good your stuff is. It's can you use it at the big league level? Can you execute with it? And can you have a, a, a winning kind of competitive mentality every time you take the ball? Speaking of making adjustments, Bordy, uh, we saw Aaron Judge absolutely wear the Orioles out in earlier series this year, and I thought they did a great job of pitching to him and adjusting to him in this last series, which they won and which he failed to put a ball in play and which Yankees announcers were whining and crying about, gee, some of his teammates should walk up to some of these relief pitchers and say, for the good of the game, darn it, why don't you just throw him a fastball down the middle and see what he can do with it? Like, was your head ready to explode with some of this BS? Absolutely. It makes me sick. Those guys saying that stuff. Let's go. Listen, the Orioles gave him plenty of pitches to hit. This was all on judge, you know, it was you could tell he was over anxious. He yeah. wanted to get this done. And you could his swing was different. He was jumpy. He was chasing balls, uh, you know, borderline pitches. Listen, I think you gotta give credit where credit's due and the Orioles pitchers did an unbelievable job not leaving anything in the middle of the plate. Maybe one or two pitches there and he missed them. So uh they were working the perimeter, they kinda kept him guessing, but he was jumpy. You know, I think he was off his game, and what, it might have been the Orioles pitchers that took him off his game, but I do know this. Well, I don't know this, but <laughs> i got to imagine that there just must be an unbelievable amount of pressure on him oh, yeah. to get this done, especially right there at Yankee Stadium when everybody in the world is watching him and want him to get the 62 home runs. Talking to Mike Bordick, it's Inside Access here on the Fan Bordy. Uh, Adley Rutschman voted by the local media most valuable Oriole. Are, are you cool with that decision? Would you have voted for Adley if you had a vote? Absolutely. You know, I, I think early on I, I had some favorites. Uh, I don't know that you can underestimate the value of what Mateo did out at shortstop, and I hope they don't look past that because – just an unbelievable defender out there. Everybody wanted a little bit more with the bat, but the things he did with the gloves, uh, the the athletic plays, uh, really helped save the pitching staff. And you got to give Adley Rutschman a lot of credit there too. When he came up, this team just all of a sudden changed. You could just tell there was a, a a different kind of attitude with everybody. And I think they all realized, well, now's the time. Here comes the foundation. This is the guy that this organization has been waiting for. He's now arrived, and he didn't disappoint one bit. As a matter of fact, it wasn't until really just recently that I saw a couple chinks in his armor where a ball got under his arm. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened because he is a wall back there blocking balls, one of the best I've ever seen. He makes incredible decisions. He understands the game inside and out. And offensively, he's just going to get better. And he was a beast this year, breaking all these records, hit doubles, uh, breaking the double double record for rookies, breaking the double record uh, for catchers. You know, so I think the future is just incredibly bright for him and this organization because uh, he comes as touted a great leader and just a really, really good baseball player. We're about to get into this after the break, Bordy, but should the O's explore signing him to a contract extension this offseason? Why not? I mean, yeah. I, I just, you know, I think some of these organizations that wait, and, and the Orioles have kind of historically 
has done that. I know they've been burned a couple times, but this is a guy you can lock up. You can you're going to save money because as soon as he starts getting in the arbitration years, he's just going to be he's going to be making 15, 16 million a year. I'd say give him, you know, a, a nice a nice contract that'll get him into free agency. But uh, yeah, why not? I, I mean, he he's the man. He really is. Uh, he he's going to be a stud player. He's in my opinion the best catcher in the game right now. Um, and the impact he's had on the pitching staff, I think to a man agree that, uh, that they love how he calls the game. They love how personal he is as, as far as letting them know what to do, what he likes, what he doesn't like. You know, he's got a great leader there, too, in Chirinos. Um, but I, I have no problem with locking him up, signing him, letting him, just telling him, hey, yeah. you are the guy. You are our foundation. We are building this organization around you. And you're going to help us into the postseason next year, and it's going to be sustainable if you show him that, show him that kind of love. Um, he'll run through a wall for you. I, I think that's just his attitude right now. I, I think he loves this organization. He wants to be that centerpiece, that guy that is going to lead this organization to the postseason. Uh, the impact he had, obviously, is undeniable um, with the winning record when he, you know, came up. So uh, I say lock them up. I, I think the Orioles are willing, or seems like they're anxious to start spending some money that yep. to help uh, bolster this team. So uh, why not let him know that he is the centerpiece? I got another why not question for you, Bordy. Why not let Grayson Rodriguez get uh, his feet wet at the major league level after the way this season went? It just seems a little bizarre to me in, in, in that if he doesn't miss those three months, we all think he's in this rotation in the second half. Yet, you know, maybe it's the weather or whatever, but I, I, I just, I don't know. Where are you on this? I, I find it odd that they didn't give this kid a start in this series somewhere. Well, you know, I don't know. I, I think there are a couple of different ways to look at it. Yeah, I wish he was up here too. Uh, I wish he had been uh, brought up with Adley. I, yeah. I think the more young pitchers you can have, you know, that have worked with Adley Rutschman through the minor leagues, the better this organization is going to be. I think giving him a taste of the big leagues would be beneficial for his offseason confidence. Uh, but I'm sure he's got people kind of snuggling up to him, letting him know that he'll, you know, it's going to be a major part of this organization in the future. But um, I, I just still think for his uh, well-being, um, it would have been nice to have him come up. But I also think, too, now you got to think about the health and wellness of these pitchers. Uh, this year we've seen, you know, a number of guys pitch more than they have. Uh, Tyler Wells obviously comes to mind where he got to that point, and, and then he, he obviously uh, made that comeback, but he hurt himself again. I, I think there's just a tremendous risk for injury. This guy had an injury that he's lucky to have been able to bounce back from. Let him get strong. Let him heal up and, and let him have a great off season and come back and be dominant in spring training and find himself a spot in the rotation. So I, I can understand taking it easy with him. Uh, being really careful, but even if he didn't pitch, why not bring him up and let him sit in the bullpen or something? Mm. Be around these big, yeah. big guys. Be around the atmosphere. I think would have been beneficial as well. For the final time, Baltimore baseball tonight. Final time this year. But it's Bob Haney, Mike Bordick, there at Pickles. Bordy, thanks as always for your time, sir. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me. Yep. Uh, coming up next, we'll continue talking some baseball. Totally Radley, and uh, it's time to talk about the most valuable Oriole, Adley Rutschman. And uh, should the Orioles be looking into signing him now? What was his impact this season? We discuss next year on The Fan. Inside Access on The Fan.
Totally, totally, radly. Inside access to all things Adley. The 2-0 and Rutschman is smoked out to right. You can forget about this baseball. On your home for them O's. Oh, I hear some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. 105.7, the fan, man. That rhymes. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of games where his at-bats get better over the course of the game. He's had a ton of really good at-bats late in the game both left and right-handed. He's going to be a really good player. <laughs> Thanks, Skip. I think he's already there, Skip. Brandon Hyde talking about most valuable Oriole Adley Rutschman sitting right now with a 256 average, 13 homers, 42 RBIs, uh, 65 walks, and a Oriole rookie record, 35 doubles. Hopefully they got two games left to play. We'll see with the weather permitting, but Jason Adley Rutschman they got a winning record since they brought him up. I think it's no coincidence this thing started to get going when he came up. And now the question is, well, let's start with the first one. What has his impact been on this team? Monumental. Yeah. He's he's every night a winning ball player. I mean, look at the war he's racked up already, yep. and it's just 112 total games, and not all of those are starts. And a lot of those he's DHing, and so you lose something at the catcher position when you drop off from him to Torino's. You lose a lot. Um He's throwing out runners now at a more prodigious rate than early on, and we knew that would come. He started to hit better from the right side of the plate lately than he did the first couple of months up here. There's not a whole lot of warts in his game, guys. He he is needs to improve right-handed, but I think yeah, that'll but come. It'll, it'll come, and it's small sample size. But it's better now than it was at the start. Yes. And... He may be the best catcher in baseball right now. Yep. Since the All-Star break, he's batting 280 with a 405 on-base percentage, 470 slugging. That's an 875 OPS. That ties him for 15th in all of Major League Baseball since the All-Star break in OPS. He's fifth since the All-Star break in the majors with 20 doubles. He's 21st in the majors with 28 extra base hits in those 66 games since the All-Star break. Um, I, I I mean, I, since the All Star break, he's got forty eight walks to just fifty one strikeouts. Yeah. I mean, this guy's a rookie. This guy just got here. Yes, he's impressive. Julio has got an eight fifty one OPS on the season, and Adley's is eight fourteen. Julio has fifty five extra base hits. Adley has forty nine. Julio has twenty seven homers, seventy four driven in. Adley thirteen and forty two. He's also got the twenty five steals. Adley doesn't run, but that's still important. But else, but Adley's a catcher, and yeah. I know this kid plays a nice outfield, yeah. but he's not catching a pitching staff every day. And Julio has played uh, eighteen more games than him. Mm-hmm. It probably will be Julio. Yes. I can't imagine that Adley doesn't finish second. Um, There's another factor in there too. Julio Rodriguez going to the playoffs. Yeah, the first time since two thousand one, the Mariners are going to the playoffs. Yeah. But on the season in 112 games, Adley has 101 hits and 65 walks in 394 at bats. I, I, T-Bone, he's a, I mean, I had pretty high expectations for him, and, and frankly, he shattered them. Especially after the first 20 games when he was struggling immensely at a 422 OPS. And it's not a given the fact that he's a number one, especially in baseball. The fact that he's the number one overall pick and is performing at this level, Spencer Torkelson, <laughs> he would like a word mm. after getting sent down and hitting under the Mendoza line this year. And I remember John Means, Trey Mancini, Brandon Hyde. 
when he got brought up in May, that was when they turned the corner. Yep. That was when the future is now. And you just outlined all of those stats and Sports Info Solutions, 17 defensive runs saved, second most by a catcher in the majors. He's going to be starting in the All-Star game next year. Yes. I think we're all extremely confident on that. But we talked about with Bordy. I agree with him. Why the heck not explore a contract extension, Ken? Well, we had Jim Bowden on like a week or so ago, and he thinks they're going to wait a year because they can. But, Jason, uh, quite frankly, Adley and Gunner, I'm going with them checkbook in hand. It needs to happen way before he's hitting arbitration for the first time. Yes. It has to happen before then. You need to buy up all those years and then allow him to let you buy a few on top of it. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. Um, he doesn't have to go through the arbitration process, so he gets all that money guaranteed in real time for those years, and then he lets you eat into a couple of free agent years. I think it's important to do it sooner rather than later as well. Um, because, like, <laughs> he's the best hitter on the team, too, <laughs> and he plays one of the most important mm-hmm. positions. So it's like... Even if you reach a point sooner rather than later where, okay, well, let's start worrying about wear and tear, he's still in the lineup every night. He's your best hitter. Like, And maybe Gunner ends up being better than him. I don't know. That'd be a hell of a problem to have. But, like, he's so tremendously advanced at the plate and behind the plate that even if you have a number two catcher you really like who you think is quasi-comparable defensively... You can have you can have your cake and eat it too, mm-hmm. and keep this guy at first base or DHing or whatever. It's a no brainer, and we brought up payroll flexibility. The only person that's on the books next year is John Means for under three million dollars. You have all the money in the world to throw at an Adley Rutschman, a Gunnar Henderson, mm-hmm. in addition to free agent spending yeah. and bringing in guys via trade. But before we hit the break, Jason, Heston Kerstad, second yes. overall pick in 2020, he showed out in the Arizona Fall Yeah, he made his Arizona Fall League debut. Again, Heston struggled at Aberdeen. A lot of guys struggle to hit for power in that league. There's a lot of weird ballparks. Mm. Um, the dimensions aren't great. I don't think the lighting's great in some of them, to be honest. Uh, but regardless, yeah, last night hit a moonshot in the Arizona Fall League. Also had a single and a double. Uh, some people from Baseball America interviewed him after the game. He seemed to be in great spirits. Um, and and he needs extra ball. Like, he's lost a lot of, uh, of playing time. And I think the only other position player the Orioles sent is Reed Trimble, their second-round pick from that draft, who also missed most injury of problems. this season with injury. Um, so, yeah, he should be playing regularly in the Arizona Fall League, and hopefully he comes out of this season with on a high note um, with some confidence. And then we'll see next year. Do they Start at Bowie? I don't know. I don't know. I think this could have something to do with it. Yeah. If he goes there and rakes for the month of October out there against elite prospects, then they probably say, hey, a lot of dudes needed to bump out of Aberdeen. Get him to Bowie. Start him there. Inside access here on the fan. Coming up next, Ravens lose again a big lead at home. They lose to Buffalo 23-20. They take on the Bengals this Sunday night. Sunday night football here uh, uh, in Baltimore. We'll talk to our friend Rita Hubbard, get her thoughts on how she's feeling about those Ravens next here on the fan. Inside access. Taking sports to a whole new level. 105.7 The Fan. Ravens.
Ravens lost to the Bills on Sunday, 23-20. They're getting ready for the Bengals this Sunday night. Perfect time. We've talked a lot about this game, but we haven't talked to Rita Hubbard yet, get her thoughts on what we saw Sunday. So let's go out to the Ashley Furniture Guest Hotline and bring on our friend Rita Hubbard. And Rita, thanks as always for joining us. So your reaction to seeing the Ravens blow another big lead at home? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's becoming a thing, isn't it? It's crazy. But here we go once again. And I think, you know, a lot of people have blamed the defense, and I don't. Um, I think that when you score zero points in the second half, um, we're talking about, oh, the Bills scored 20 unanswered points. Yes, because the offense of the Ravens scored nothing. To me, when I hear unanswered points, it means the other team didn't score. And that's what happened in the second half. The Ravens um, didn't score. Same thing in the Miami game. They found ways to cool off at the wrong time for some reason. And so this was a collective effort. I I thought that the Ravens' defense did everything that they could. You know, Josh Allen didn't have a a, a spectacular day, but, you know, he ran the ball pretty well. Stephon Diggs was held out of the end zone. I don't know what more you could ask for this defense to do, and yet you go and go up, you know, 20 to uh, 7 at the halftime was a 20 to 3. Either way, it doesn't matter. You're up at least two scores, and then you find a way to not do anything else in the second half. So I would like to see this team find a way to collect it, like at the same time, be on the same page, because it feels like the offense is here, the defense is there, and then the other way around. But we haven't seen, like, uh, a consistent effort from them on both sides at the same time yet. And to your point, Rita, the defense had that collapse against the Dolphins game. You mentioned the offense uh, not being able to control the game late uh, against the Bills. Can this team get back to slamming the door shut on opponents, which they've done tremendously well throughout Lamar Jackson's tenure? Do they have the personnel to do that? No. <laughs> I don't even know what else you want me to say. <laughs> like, like, do they? Do you think so? Cause I don't. Like, you know, I, where's Rashad Bateman? Can we put a put him on a milk carton? We're talking about him, like literally. Like, can we put him on a milk carton? Because I haven't seen him in two games. Yeah. I, I really don't know. And yes, I know that he went out with a foot injury and all of that. Um, so I'm talking about the fact that you got a ball in your hand, you know, touching your hands on a key third down play, you're not finding a way to get to the ball. And then, I, you know, last week he was um, non-existent as well. So, you know, uh, Mark Andrews can't be the end-all be-all. And I love Devin DuVernay, and I know that he could be a role in this. But th- at the end of the day, the problems that we thought were going to happen in the season from um, a, a, a pass catching perspective, has caught up kind of early yeah. because likely hasn't been avail hasn't really done anything much. You know, um, Bateman has been hot and cold, so there's really no consistency outside of '89 in that regard. And then we've seen him drop a couple passes. So, I mean, I'm just hoping that as the season goes on, they just find some continuity. But I, as of right now, I don't feel like they have a guy that can help them seal the deal in these games at this point. So, I get it. You're you're not putting it on the defense. Are you putting it on Harbaugh? And what do you make of his uh, decision at the goal line um, on a day when you obviously felt like the defense was was pretty good? Well, so I, I, at that time, I preferred that they take the points, right? And I'm not ever going to be a person that's flat out against going for it on fourth down. The problem that I have with this team in situations of third and short and fourth and short situations is that they are not good in in situational football at that standpoint. I think that for the most part, Greg Roman has done very well this season in calling plays. 
Um, I think that from a coaching perspective, Harbaugh, I don't have a problem with people being aggressive. The problem that I have is that the play calls you're putting in in aggressive situations, they're not good enough. And something has to get – I don't know who you need to call, but you need to call somebody. Like the Ravens are 2-5, and five, I believe, on fourth, uh, fourth down, which is 40%. You're not going to win football games this way. And I'm not saying, oh, just take the points instead because you got Justin Tucker. I'm saying that if you're going to be aggressive, maybe you should have a better game plan when you're being aggressive. I don't know why uh, uh, Ricard is getting nothing. It makes no sense. We have no idea if Alan Ricard could be like the next Mike All-Star because they refuse to give it to him. Like, even if it's just that simple, I don't understand what you're doing here, and it's affecting essentially the wins and losses of this football team. We're speaking to Rita Hubbard. It's inside access on the fan. And sticking on the offensive side of the football, Rita, unfortunately, Justice Hill has that hamstring injury. John Harbaugh said that it's not a serious injury, but he's going to miss some time. He's not going to play Sunday. So how is Greg Roman going to handle this running back position? We know your co-host on the winning drive. He is not a big Mike Davis fan. King on Drake has been a healthy scratch over the past few weeks. How do you expect Greg Roman to handle this situation? Uh, is he going to open up the vault? <laughs> like, some of the vault got opened, it felt like. I felt I felt coming into the season, we've seen some things that we hadn't previously seen before, right? Like, you know, a lot more snaps under center and yep. some good things. Um, I was, you know, uh, a proponent of Justice Hill, and I couldn't understand why the first couple of weeks we weren't seeing more of him. Because I felt like, you know, it made the most sense to have him being the one that's running the ball. So now you're back in a situation where you got a J.K. Dobbins that is – Still trying to come back from, you know, the, the knee injury that he had. And then you got a Kenyon Drake who, I mean, it is what it is. You know, then you got Mike Davis who nobody's scared of Mike Davis. <laughs> like, again, why are you not giving the ball to Project Pat? He literally is right there. You gave him all that money. Just let that dude run the ball. And let's just see how it works. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But if you're not trying, then I don't understand the point. And that's where I'm at with it. Like, if Justice Hill is not going to play and we're still waiting on Gus Edwards to make a return, let number 42 try to do something. Help your running backs here. Because the other two guys that you got sitting on the, that's, that's either inactive or sitting on the bench ain't going to be it either. So you might as well give it to the guy that you just gave a whole bunch of money to. Rita, uh, you obviously said you were you were happy with the defense Sunday, but I want to ask about a specific defender, and that's Patrick Queen. And uh, I thought he had a rough day Sunday. Uh, where are you on, on Patrick Queen? Uh, it sucks, right, because I, I really like Patrick Queen. I think he's a good guy, and I think that he does try hard. But two weeks in a row, you have dropped touchdowns. And the one thing I always say is that it because uh, I know they were interceptions, but to me, they were in situations to put the team to score. To me, they look like they could have been pick sixes, right? I look at it like this. The football guards will always make you pay when they, when they give you a layup and you don't take it. So two weeks in a row, the football guards gave you a layup, which were the interceptions that you just so happened to drop. And then what happened in those same drops both times? That op- the opposing team turns around and they score. At some point, you got to just get on the jug machine for an hour or something, like every day. I don't know what it is, but you're not – like, like you got to catch these passes that are, like, hitting you in the hands. I just don't understand. And then add to that, you know, we saw a lot of the, the situation of football where um, he tries to go after Josh Allen. And he just it, – it, maybe it's just something about the direction that he's going at. It's just all wrong. Like, 
I don't know. I, I, I know that this linebacking group as a whole is struggling. It's not just Queen. Josh Bynes is slow. They have issues here. And I do think that the pass rush will get better. I do think that the secondary will get better, which will then lead us to have a huge, glaring, magnifying glass at the linebacking core, which they need Tyus back bad. This, it, it can very well be problematic down the stretch. Does it puzzle you? I guess when you, you look at some of these snap counts and like you look at Prochet, Wallace, Boyle, and Davis, four guys combined for 13 snaps on offense. And most of those guys aren't doing a whole lot on teams either. Like I, I, I just find myself sort of puzzled why there's like, it doesn't feel like there's 45 guys up for game day. It feels like there's 38 because some guys are playing more snaps than they probably should, and then you have these other guys who you really don't seem to want to put on the field at all. Okay. So uh, two guys, the only two guys I, I, I am concerned about are Proche and Boyle. You having Boyle practice on a regular basis and then him not playing – tells me that maybe they don't think that he's ready to be back in, like, full action. Well, if that's the case, then why was he not put on IR? Or, like, he's taking up a roster spot if you're not really going to use him, if you don't think that he's 100%. So I don't get that. The pro-trade thing, I don't get either. Like, I, I don't know why is it that we're not giving this child, this young man, the opportunity um, to play, you know, more. Wallace, I'm sorry. Like, he didn't do anything for me in camp. I don't feel any type of way about it. Davis, but Prochet, like he's giving you something. Like we literally saw him play in the Bengals game last year, and he played pretty well. And you know he got hands. So I I don't know what the issue is, particularly in the in the sense of like you can use some other guys at this point because Bateman ain't ain't really been the the most Mm -hmm. you know dynamic guy in the last couple of weeks. Start just giving it to other guys, see if it works. I don't know because. What you got going on right now is missed opportunities. Guys are not um, taking care of their opportunities. And I'd like to see probably a little bit more of Demarcus Robinson as well. You know, get these other guys involved. But if if they're not in a situation where you feel like they can help you right now, then move them. Move, and by move, I mean either like IR or, or something. Move them around and put somebody in that will that you think that you are confident enough that can make plays for this team. Otherwise, it feels like a waste of time. We're speaking to Rita Hubbard. It's Inside Access on the fan. Rita, got to get your thoughts on the spat between Marcus Peters and John Harbaugh. Big deal, little deal. What do you think? I don't feel nothing about it. I mean, literally just last week we talked about um, Patrick Mahomes and his offensive coordinator going into it. That's what people do. Football is a very high-strung sport um, that – requires a lot of adrenaline and, and with adrenaline a lot of times comes with emotions and if you've ever met marcus peters you know the type of dude oh, that he is you yes. know he's in the, he's he's just that type of dude he's an emotional dude he's you know very outspoken um doesn't really you know know how to not say what's on his mind i'm sure john harbaugh knows that and look he wasn't happy about things that happened none of us were so i mean i, I don't think anything about it and, and i've seen a lot of people bring up Oh, this could be 2012 all over again with the mutiny. I don't think I don't think that that's the same Harbaugh. First of all, like I don't think that that's going to be the case. And honestly, I just don't think that it's that deep. I think a guy was very upset about what was happening in a football game and wanted to express it, and got a little heated. And then you know it is what it is. But I, I don't think that we should like look more into it. That's what that's what people are going to do when they're upset. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it is what it is. Hey, Rita, you got a big uh, event coming up tonight, correct? 
Absolutely. So, you know, Glenn and I, um, we do the Tyus Bowser show um, every, every the Tuesday. And tonight's guest is none other than number 89, Mr. Mark Andrews. So we're excited to have him there. I, I thought Mark Andrews was like a shy type of dude. I never thought that he would like come and do one of these types of shows. So I'm, I'm excited to, to get to talk to him this evening. Awesome. Enjoy, Rita. Thanks as always. We will chat with you next week. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, coming up next, we'll talk about this Ravens roster and why are they keeping so many guys that don't play on Sundays? We'll discuss next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Two are on Twitter. And Ken is borderline creepy on the gram. Good news. I found your Instagram. Did you see the 90 photos I liked in a row last night at 2 a.m.? Inside Access. 1057 The Fan. Jason Ravens getting ready. Uh, they got the day off today, and then tomorrow they start the week getting ready for the Bengals Sunday night football, which means Baltimore a game day on Center pregame at 5 o'clock uh, live from the Horseshoe Casino. Myself and Bob Haney, hour one, and then T-Bone over there, Vinny Serrato, and Mike Preston. Hours two and three. But this roster, as we see it every week, obviously 53-man roster, but you you uh, have inactives on Sunday. And, Jason, there's a lot of guys that are dressing on Sunday that really aren't making any kind of impact on this, on this football team. Yeah, and look, this is – this happens to, to some degree or another around the league because games take on a life of their own and you're using certain personnel packages more than others – and you're playing more snaps on offense or defense than you may have thought. But it does strike me, as we've now watched this through a month, four, four weeks, that certain guys, I believe, if they weren't drafted where they were drafted, or they weren't paid repeatedly what they've sort of been paid to this point to get here, that they would be gone. But instead, they're here because someone doesn't want to cut them, and you have to have 45 guys to take into games, but they're being dudes repeatedly taken into these games who it's clear are only going to play even more than one, two, three, four snaps. If other people get hurt, there is not nearly enough trust in them to actually contribute to this 45-man outing unless all hell breaks loose and we have no other choice. And it's not like one or two. It's like more than a half dozen. And then you start looking at why is this older guy still playing this much? Why do they, you know, why is Patrick Queen being force fed down people's throats every single snap? And it, and and in part it's because they're married to some guys who have given them nothing and look like they're probably going to give them nothing, but they keep taking up space on the 53 and the 45. And when you can point to a Mike Davis, a Prochet, a Wallace, a Boyle, and they combine for 13 snaps of offense, and the only one of them who's doing anything real on special teams is Wallace, that seems odd to me. Like, what's going on there? And you look at defense and one snap from Phillips, one snap from Stone. Now, those guys at least play some teams, but Copeland, seven snaps, I I don't... I don't quite understand that. You know what I mean? Malik Harrison, 15 snaps, and they're bad snaps. Mm-hmm. Like, there's got to 
I remember the old days when George Kukinas and these guys were mining the waiver wire and finding people to come in and help. Yeah. Where are they? Like, what? You just are we just going to keep doing this? Are you going to keep playing with one hand behind your back and going into games with 38 or 39 guys and not 45? Because it's clear there ain't 45 the coaches trust. Because this is not a one-week phenomenon. No. We do this every week. Every week, we're Nick, like... Nick Boyle for what, weeks now. What are we doing here? There's not somebody else who, as 145th of this team, could give you more than kneel-down snaps on special teams. And if you're humming along at optimal performance, then, you know, maybe this would be really nitpicky. But I just don't see enough good football players on the roster, period. Just the initial 53-man roster where they kept the four tight ends and Ken and I, we were talking about uh, Josh Ross making it as a fourth inside linebacker. They ended up keeping five, two outside linebackers, just a lot of... Then you can go back last year where they had seven receivers. It's a lot of puzzling roster decisions. Nick Boyle's the one that's very glaring to me. Where you mentioned sentimental reasons. That's Nick Boyle in a nutshell. He played zero snaps. He played the kneel downs in the New England game. He had seven special team snaps. Why is he on the roster? And why are you activating four tight ends every week when you have Patrick or Carr? But you're really not activating four because Boyle doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Likely he's not a tight end. <laughs> and Oliver's barely a tight end. But so, I mean, you, the active, you really have one. They're yeah. on the active 46. They're active. I know. And so it, it doesn't make any sense. Jason, I don't know the rest of the, of what everybody's got, but there's usually a really good blocking tight end on somebody's practice squad or somebody that they think is like there's got to be somebody out there on another roster that could help them more than this what they're This is not getting. a great roster. I don't know why it's not churned more. Why is the bottom of this roster not on constant flux? Why do I not see more transactions? You're not going to sell me they have better football players than everybody else. That's just not true. If they had better football players, Patrick Queen wouldn't be out there every snap. Owe wouldn't be out there every snap. Clay's Campbell wouldn't be playing this much. JPP wouldn't come in off the street and be, what, a top five snap count guy for them. Where, where, did, where was he? He was uh... he missed nine snaps. Yeah, I mean, he, he... <laughs> we just... played 86% of the snaps off the street. We just had Rita on. And all of the things that we were talking about prior to the season, wide receiver, lack of depth there, improving guys, outside linebacker, which we've been talking about for years, inside linebacker, cornerback depth. They didn't have a true left tackle on this roster. We're bringing up that right now because all of those have been glaring deficiencies. And I get it. Not every team is going to be stacked at every position. No, salary cap doesn't let you. But you, you're talking about a handful of positions there where it's glaring. It's glaring. And that has not been the case here for a long time. Yeah, I, I am a little flummoxed about some of these things because they're issues they had a year ago. And why not, if, if you're so tight with Nick Boyle, why not have an injury settlement and have a nice retirement ceremony press conference and bring in somebody that can actually help you win football games? Like, like why not, at this point, why not do this? Because obviously he's practicing every week and he can't help you win football games, and you know that. That's why he doesn't get it on the field. Like, wh- why is he active on Sundays? Why are Prochet and Wallace both still here? Yeah. 
Well, that because they were drafted. Because where they were drafted? Why is Malik Harrison still here? Prochet was a sixth round pick. I mean, I don't. I mean, Wallace. Wallace was a fourth round pick. I mean, I guess Prochet's here as like the backup return guy. Yeah, yeah. And maybe if Duvernay gets the kind of snaps we think he's going to get, then Prochet becomes more important. But like. I don't think if James Prochet is on your practice squad, I don't think anybody's signing him. Nobody's. I don't think anybody's signing Tylen Wallace if he's no. on your practice squad. But try to get some guys here who will help you offensively or defensively. Coming up next here on the program, it's a Tuesday staple six pack week four takeaways. We give you ours next here on the fan. Inside access. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.